What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Lorcana podcast, a podcast where we invite you to be a part of their world. We're your host, Jared and James, and today we are joined by Adara. We are talking about the road to Gen Con, so without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to another week. Last week, we waxed nostalgic as we shared a timeline of events leading us to the present moment. Uh, so if you haven't had a chance to go listen to that, make sure to go back and catch it. Uh, and today we have Adara with us to discuss the road to Gen Con. Hey Adara. Hey guys, happy to be here again. Yeah, absolutely. And today, for everybody listening, you are in for a treat because you are going to hear less of me and more of Adara. Well, now the phrase Road to Gen Con does ring a bell, and it's because today's guest did a whole series on his podcast titled The Road to Gen Con. So today we are pleased to have on the one and only Lee Barbs, a.k.a. Sean. Hey, everybody. How's it going? All right. So, uh... You're going to you're going to be hearing a bunch of us, right? And hopefully more of Sean, Lee Barbs, and Adara, but not much of Jared because he's feeling a little under the weather. So, uh what else are we going to be talking about, uh Adara? Yeah, we're going to be talking about mainly Sean's uh road to Gen Con and picking his brain since we've got to hear a lot about his guests as well. But with that, we can go ahead and jump right in. So, Sean, we've obviously been really focused on the event schedule for Gen Con since that's been released last week. It's been the main thing on a lot of our minds for those of us who are going to Gen Con. But you've been doing this podcast series for leading up to Gen Con for a long time now. Can you tell us a little bit more about what inspired that series? Absolutely. So... Uh, this is my first year attending, uh, much like it is a lot of uh, the people that I've interviewed and other people in the community. I felt very unprepared uh, when we when we knew that Lorcana was going to be there. It was going to be the first real big showing. I wanted to make sure that not only myself, but all the other newbies out there had uh, a resource to listen to some people either in the same boat that they are or a little more experienced. And I think that I I know I've learned a lot to, talking to the people that I have over the podcast. And I really hope that anybody out there listening has gotten at least a couple of good pointers. I would bet. I mean, you can't have multiple people on with either who are doing the same investigating it as you, but first timers, but also some experienced people that you can't help, but get a lot of tips about what's going to happen. Uh, and one of my favorite parts uh, was when you asked the question, what is one thing you can't live without at the convention? And it was pretty easy to tell who the newbies are versus the experts. But did anything surprise you? Uh, no, I didn't get I don't think I got too surprised by um, any of the can't li can't live without. I know there was a lot of uh, water bottles uh, that people, you know, want to stay hydrated. I know some people brought up snacks um hand sanitizer actually i think might have been the only one that kind of it's it, I, I hadn't thought about it is the only reason it surprised me because 
I didn't think about the fact that you're going to be playing games with lots of people and that you're you're manipulating a lot of cards and or pieces, lots of lots of handshakes as well. I would assume will happen. High fives. Oh, yeah, that might as far as surprises. I think that might have been the most surprising thing. Yeah, I will say for me. Uh, after getting sick at Gamma, I am all on board with this uh, uh, hand sanitizer thing. Yeah, yeah, and I got sick after Gamma as well. And it was, you know, you put us in a in a room with a bunch of people. Somebody in there is gonna be sick probably, and it's gonna start spreading around. It's it's, it's true. Why they, it's why they have a thing called con cred. You come home from a convention and you feel like cred. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was Gio in the most recent episode you recorded, Sean, who mentioned the hand sanitizer. I was like, gem of knowledge yeah, from Gio. Seriously. <laughs> and and honestly, uh, so as 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 I've mentioned in the past, I cover San Diego Comic Con and a lot of people there uh, have still last year they didn't enforce they didn't have a, a mask rule, but a lot of people still did. And a lot of people came away from the show saying that even though they weren't required, they wore them. And they came away from Comic-Con not getting sick for, like, one of the first times ever. So that's another reason maybe to also bring a mask for some of those really densely populated parts so you get, don't get sick. It's it's not even, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's all kinds of other issues people have with masks and political issues. But all that aside, you might be able to come home from a convention without Concred if you take some preventative measures. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, makes sense to me. Absolutely. I do plan to bring one or two just in case, even though it's not not enforced. I, I don't know what my comfort level will be once I'm there in the thick of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. everyone has a different level. So definitely be prepared. I think that probably I mean, that might have been one of the best things you can do when doing this kind of thing is just to get it into people's heads to start thinking about it before you get there. <laughs> definitely. I know I'm planning on having a couple of extras as well. So what was your biggest Gen Con takeaway from doing these interviews, Sean? My biggest Gen Con takeaway, uh, I realized that I really, I figured everybody was there just, you know, I need to get my hands on Lorcana product as early as possible, uh, stuff like that. But come to find out, everybody's really, I feel like we're all more excited to see each other and to finally meet each other all of these people that we have built these strong bonds with over the past, however long it's been like seven, eight months or something like that. I'm bad with time. Uh, but I I've made some incredibly good friends. Uh, I'm sure you all have as well. And I, that was my biggest takeaway is that this is more of a gathering for Lorcana HQ than it is, than it is something else at this point. You mean, I mean, going and playing, going in, getting product, maybe getting a sneak peek at uh, Ryan or Steve, you know, those are all great, but I think everybody's very most excited about seeing each other. So if you've been in the HQ Discord server, you've noticed that I've bandied around the idea of reserving a restaurant just for like a meetup. Uh, I guess restaurants don't really do reservations around Gen Con time, but uh, for that exact same reason, I've had so many people through Twitter and through Discord be like, hey, we should meet up while we're there. And instead of coordinating schedules with 50 different people, because like, it'd be so nice to have one time where it could be like, hey, let's all go do this. But I think that's kind of why we wanted to make, because, uh, well, we'll talk about this later, but we're being roomies. And that's one of the reasons why we kind of wanted to make our room uh, Lorcana Central while the con's not going. 
Yeah, it's going to be, it, our room is going to be a madhouse, I think, especially like before and after the con uh, hours. It's it's going to be crazy. <laughs> I'm already prepared for it. Yeah, me too. Me too. So we're going to, we're going to flip the script a little bit and we're going to ask you, uh, since you are actually going to Gen Con, tell us what you are doing to prepare. Um, the first thing that I did to prepare was uh, as soon as we heard word that uh, Gen Con was going to be, or Lorcana was going to be at Gen Con, rather, uh, I made sure to get my paid time off in. That is definitely something you don't want to wait till the last minute to do. Um, and besides that, uh, I've done the Gen Con series, which is, it's still going. I did start my new series on Uncommon Cardboard, but I do have a couple of last minute guests for uh the road to gen con so it is an ongoing series um saving money everywhere i can i've been uh holding off on my favorite pastime which is uh cracking booster packs in a dark parking lot of a big box store i don't get to do that as much anymore um but yeah you know basically i i've absorbed everything that everybody has said on uh, on common cardboard and i have uh adjusted my planes accordingly so, yeah so i think the other thing we're doing now to prepare is uh, now that we know the starter deck tournament's going to happen, we're all preparing for that. Very much so. So it's like you you use the uh, the podcast as your personal information gathering device. <laughs> there, there and I will admit there was a little bit of a self, little bit of selfishness in there. Honestly, absolutely, I was definitely part of the impetus impetus behind the uh series was to help myself very much but i it, i knew it was going to help others and i'm glad that it, ha it has helped others as much as it has helped me and, and it and it's it's something that has happened i'm guessing many times in the past the current editor-in-chief and owner of the unofficial blog for comic-con she started uh by sending information to the guy who did own it back like a decade ago and when she just kept sending stuff to him, he's like, hey, do you want to just come on and help? That's because awesome. She, she wanted that data for, you know, right. herself. So she was just kept sending it in. And she's like, just come on and do it. And so everyone else can take advantage of all the work you're doing. And now, she, awesome. now she owns it and runs the blog, which is, wow. uh, you know, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, it's definitely the, the self and the selfishness in there isn't really selfishness. It's just wanting the information so that it can help you and as many other people as possible to, to have a great convention. Absolutely. And I appreciate being able to glean information from the podcast as well. So I heard that you got stuck with some lousy roommates, Sean. How do you plan <laughs> on handling this situation? Well, it's quite the wild bunch. It, it's it's going to be it's going to be a wild time. Uh, so for those of you that out there that don't know, uh, I was lucky enough to uh get with jared i'm gonna be rooming with jared and uh my very good friend that i'm bringing with me uh eddie he is kind of my de facto helper slash cameraman slash whatever when we're going down there he loves tcgs and tabletop rpgs and all those things so he's very much gonna have a great time too but he's gonna thankfully dedicate a little bit of his time to, to specifically helping me which i'm very grateful for and then teddy and spencer from the glimmer gang are also going to be uh rooming with us so we're rolling five deep it's gonna be a packed house that's for sure <laughs> and from what i understand you snore 
and I snore, so I don't know if the other guys are getting much sleep that that weekend. Uh-huh. But would they uh-huh. really, honestly, be getting sleep anyway? Probably not. Probably uh, not. Are we, you gonna we, be playing card games until yeah. four a.m. and then be like, "Oh, oh, everybody, go shower real quick. We gotta go hit in line again." Yep. Yep. Honestly, that's probably what. That's probably more of an accurate description of what'll happen. See, and I'm not. I'm not a night owl. I wasn't sure how I'd handle this, but when we were at Gamma, I stayed up till two o'clock both mornings. So. Uh, there's potential there. The, um, I think it's going to be extra rough on you since because of the time change, you both, I believe are off closer to the West coast. Yeah. Yeah. See, so that's going to be rough on you guys, but I think the excitement and the adrenaline will carry you through. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. And it doesn't particularly help that you guys have an awesome room close to the convention center either. We're so lucky. We're so we're so very lucky. I would like to see once we get to the room. I really hope that it has a view of the convention center. That would be a re- that would be really fun. But it, no matter what, it's a great position to be in. Definitely. The fact that it's connected by Skywalk, um, and for those of you who don't know, like the hotels on one side of the street. And then uh, there's like a tunnel, not a tunnel, like a bridge that's covered that goes from the hotel to the convention center. And uh, I hear that it's really hot in the summertime in Indianapolis. So it's going to be really nice to not have to step outside. Such first world problems here. But I'm just saying it's like really nice that we are like it's so convenient, so convenient. Trust me, you you do not want to get out in the heat during a convention as often as is humanly possible it's it is no fun having to lug stuff around if you're carrying stuff uh if you are in a rush and you have to like really walk fast or even run and when you're outside and it's hot i mean it is and then you spend the rest of the day just feeling like like well like crap basically because you got all sweaty and tired and i mean it it is no fun so that little bit of convenient of where you can stay inside as much as possible is pretty cool. So, uh, you know, do whatever you can to, to stay cool, uh, in, in that, cause it's going to be hot and muggy. I'm guessing. That's what I would guess. Yeah. 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 Sounds like, seems likely. Yeah. Stay indoors. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we <sighs> would like to not have to smell every single person that is around us. That is for sure. Oh we goodness, call it, yeah. We call it the essence of Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> the essence. That's perfect. That's hilarious. Well, the thing that everybody is talking about right now is those starter deck tournaments and that mystery final tournament. We mentioned it a little bit earlier. So what are you doing to prepare to top eight in one of the initial tournaments? And what do you think that mystery event final tournament is? Oh, see, this is it right here. Uh, I, I honestly, I was blown away uh, when we when the events uh, went live when we could finally see the event catalog. I it blew me away that there was so much that Lorcan is doing. Um, I don't think anybody expected it to be that to have that many demos along with seven tournaments, eight tournaments technically. Um, I don't think anybody was expecting all of that. I certainly wasn't. Uh, so I have been preparing. Um, I have a bit of a competitive mind when it comes to TCGs. That's where my heart is. Um, I like to uh, flex my skills and see how how good I am. Um, I love the strategy of it. 
it's just a blast. So I have been preparing by playing many, many TTS games. Um, so yeah, I've been uh, racking up hours on there. Uh, right now, uh, the smart money is on practicing with the um, decks that you saw at Gamma. The, the ones that you guys got to play with there. I think that's where the smart money is right now, since that is the quote unquote closest to what we have uh, to what the actual starter decks will look like. Well, Not when we were there, when we were there, they said that those were the paired down starter decks. So I think See, that assessment's pretty exactly. accurate. I love that. I love that. I like that they, uh, that they did that because they could have just mishmashed and put whatever they wanted together for that event. But that's really cool to see that they let you guys get hands-on uh, with a product that is that close to something that's going to hit the streets here in uh, August, September. Uh, but yeah, I've been just practicing as much as I can. Um, I do a lot of talking uh, with the people on the Discord, uh, and I, I glean as much information as I can from their findings as well. Um. And then as far as what the mystery event will be, oh my gosh, I have had so many different theories on this. I know a lot of people are thinking it could be draft uh, because I believe that uh, it was stated at one point that Lorcana, they're testing the draft format or a way to do draft format. Um, I would be really happy to see um, like a mock constructed tournament where it would be like you have access to cart like you they'll give us like lists basically and you you go through and you check them off uh to build a deck to play against the other top eight eight uh winners throughout the seven tournaments that are preceding it that all kind of hinders on if we have the entire deck lit or the entire set lists and everything by that time um if we don't then i don't think that's going to happen um it, because it's a mystery it's going to be something big it's going to be something flashy it's not just going to be like hey here's two starter decks put them together it's not going to be something as simple as that i don't think well my pet theory is that it's going to be a multiplayer format like have 64 I players completely and... forgot it but that yes that is another one of the the big money uh ideas out there is that it'll be multiplayer format which i could easily see that as well uh we have seen just playing the multiplayer format it's amazing and they're gonna and it's 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 everything we wanted out of a multiplayer format, I think, uh, for a game right out for a game just starting out, and I think they're nailing it. And they're really proud of this multiplayer format. It's good. That's a good sign. Is yeah. I haven't checked the schedule because I'm not going to Gen Con. Is the uh, is the turn the final tournament? Is it much longer than the other? No, it's only four hours, I believe. So they're all four hours. Yeah, I think so. Sounds right to me. Okay. So are they doing, wait, if they're four hours, are they getting them, are they doing more than two a day? Uh, There's, I think it's like two, three, three. I think it's two on Thursday, three on Friday, three on Saturday. That's some long days for those. Those are long days. So it's, it's two on Thursday, three on Friday, two on Saturday, and then the final on Sunday. That's what it is. I'm not good with the numbers sometimes. I got you. <laughs> Much appreciated. So, all right. So you say you're going to be doing other things uh, that people are going, not just, and you said that part of it is just being all together. So part of it is you're going to get to meet Jared. You're sharing. Yes. Your very, very excited and for this. Part of the plan is to teach him commander. 
yes uh, the, the the commander version of magic the gathering um which uh we'll see how jared does now he does he does well when it's not something where like in his story of the star wars a collectible card game where people did not help him so having someone help him I think he'll appreciate that. Otherwise, you just throw him into the wolves. That would be fun as well, especially if you film it. But anyway, right. <laughs> besides teaching Jared Commander, which I think is going to be a blast, uh, what other things are on your radar for Gen Con? Uh, yeah, I got to do a little digging into the uh, the event catalog. Um, so I am hopefully going to be able to go and play a little bit of the now um, defunct Transformers trading card game. Oh, yeah. Uh, some of, some of the people on here have heard me talk a little bit about it. Um, it was very near and dear to my heart when it was out. I love tra- anything, anything big fighting robots. I'm in. You you you've got me. So, um, you gave me a TCG with that, and then you and then you ripped it out of my hands. So I'm I'm still a little bitter over that, especially the way they did it. I don't know anybody out there that played the TCG knows. Um, we had uh the new set that they just re- revealed. And then three days later, like two or three days later, they said, game's dead. Bye, guys. It was really because and we were all really hopefully really hoping for the new, really happy for the new set. It looked amazing. It was going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to playing in uh, some of that. I know that there are uh, I think it's called Real Real Dungeon. I believe it's what I've heard it called. True Dungeon. Uh, True Dungeon. Yeah, that one. Uh, that one sounds like a really good bit of fun. Um that and then you know exploring you know and i do want to try to do a little bit of the content creator thing because um i think most of you already know i am going to gen con with a press pass i was lucky enough to be selected to get one of those so nice. doing a little bit of work too yes always got to put in a little bit of work when they say absolutely uh so speaking of other trading cards now we don't have i don't know if we have official word on it yet but with the new the announcement of the new star wars uh trading card game uh, unlimited is that something that uh interests you if they bring it there in checking it out or is that like not on your radar really i uh i'm a star wars fan from a, from long from a long time ago in a galaxy far far away so i will definitely be looking into it i don't know that i'll I don't know that I'll main it or anything like that. I'll probably pay. I might pick some up depending on the kind of product, starter deck, something like that. Because most of my friends are also uh, avid Star Wars fans, and we do a weekly um, commander slash board game night. So that would be great to bring to one of those uh, one of those nights. I think to have just a little bit of fun with the guys. Yeah, but it looks interesting. I'm I'm very interested in it. All right, Sean. So I have a couple more questions for you about Gen Con predictions. So let's start with, do you think there will be promos for Lorcana there? I do not personally think that we will have promos. If we do, if we do see promos, I could see them as prizing for the mystery event. Um, just to keep it at a, a way, a much, much smaller number than they would need if they were trying to give them out, say, at the booth. Um, and the only reason I think that they that it's less than likely that we'll see promos is I don't think that Robinsberger wants to see a repeat of what happened with the D23 cards. The I think it's pretty unanimous uh, everybody that everybody believes those prices got pretty out of hand pretty quickly and have stayed that way. Um, and I, I know that Robinsberger, that's the furthest thing from what they want, especially from the actual release of their game. So I, I don't think if we do, like I said, 
uh mystery tournament um prizing i think that'd be about it like maybe maybe if you get into the mystery tournament everybody gets a promo you know like and that's like your prize for getting in and then because i think you everybody gets something i I believe the description said and then if you win you get more so well what if it's a non-card prize promo like what if it's a pin and and as a follow-up to your original point um you talked about how the pricing went crazy if they only had promo prizes for the top eight finishers those card prices would go bananas Yes, they would. They absolutely would. And the only thing that I think kind of saves it just a little bit is um, the fact that it will be uh, eight players that get it and not eight scalpers. I think that would help uh, the prices. Don't get me wrong. Even people that top eight, everybody likes money and everybody's going through their own situation. So if somebody chose to sell their prize on eBay or or wherever, that that's up to them, obviously. I just don't think that it would be in such prevalence as it was at D23. Because we already know that there were people hiring people to go and stand in line for them at D23 and all sorts of stuff like that. So, And I would love seeing pins. I have just recently gotten into collecting Disney pins because of all you guys that collect Disney pins. So all, everybody out there that collects pins, you started something with me. I just want you to know that. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here, I got, I have one my first one i'll show you guys it's uh from turning red nice yep very first one and we're gonna keep it on the shelf next to me and we're gonna just keep growing that collection i think i think i think gen con's a good opportunity for that type of thing so once you've tasted it there's no going back we don't even we don't even collect pins and they just multiply around the house like you wouldn't believe (laughs) yeah i see a couple pretty ones hanging right behind you i think yeah, these these little Ooh. little ones right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would not be upset if there was pins at Gen Con. Let's oh, just no. say that. Yeah, absolutely, I'm right yeah. there with you. Those are the kind of things they can do that are really easy to hand out, and people love them, and they're good for for giveaways, and they don't have like numbering on them. They're just and if, even if it's the Mickey pin that they've already handed out, you know, a lot of people will be really happy to get something like that. So it's 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 something that would be easy to do, and and just have someone like at the end of the booth, just hand them out as people walk by. Absolutely. So something we hadn't talked specifically about yet, but in the event listings for the tournament on Gen Con's website, they only list 59 tickets available in each of the the seven starter tournaments. So why do you think that there's only 59 spots available for those tournaments instead of say like 64 or something like that? So going into this, I had actually been thinking about this question specifically quite a bit because it's kind of a mystery. It's not common practice for this to happen, in my experience, at the very least. I was thinking that they could do some sort of lottery or raffle at the booth itself, but that presents problems. Uh, the 9 a.m. Thursday tournament, you're not, you wouldn't be able to do anything for that one. And also, how do you get a hold of that person? Like, accurately get a hold of that person like you could be like hey give us your email address we'll email you i'm sure service is going to be spotty there not everybody checks their phones all the time so i honestly i'm not sure why i would like to think that maybe they're just reserving one spot in case you know double tickets go out sometimes they they over ticket events things like of that nature can happen so i would like to think maybe it's just like a like a little safe buffer area 
but ultimately I'm not actually sure. I think because somebody else brought this up that they they're reserving a spot for like a like a guest player to be there. I don't think that would feel very good to a lot of people because we're all we're all hoping to get into as many of these events as possible, and we are all I'm sure very prepared in the fact that we're not getting into all of them we want to be. So just giving away a spot like that to somebody that didn't have to go through the same things that everybody else did, I I think that would leave a bad taste in everyone's mouths, personally. Right. So hear me out. Yes. So we know, because he said it, Steve Warner can't wait to play everyone at Gen Con. What if the 60th spot is Steve Warner so he can play everyone and everyone can lose to him but he's not officially in the tournament. So he just places first every time, but then numbers two through nine are the ones who are the top eight. You know, I wouldn't, I would not be opposed to that because I desperately, desperately want to lose to him. So it was an honor and a privilege. I believe it. I believe it at, at, uh, at at Gamma. I I hear he does not pull his punches. He did not. No, Good. (laughs) no. Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was it was it was just like hey okay we're gonna lose how long is it gonna take? <laughs> I just I just flash back to that picture of Liam at Gen Con after he drew another coconut basket that yeah. the the face he was making. <laughs> oh man, uh, no. So that's actually I think when I saw that I'm like is is Steve like gonna input himself in in every tournament so he can actually play games with everyone because I don't think he's gonna find time otherwise. That's actually a really smart idea. I had not thought of that honestly. And it did seem from what I saw from uh, what was going on with you guys at Gamma, it does seem that uh, Ryan uh, might be more of the uh, face of the of the game, whereas Steve is the like maybe the brain, if that makes sense. Obviously, they both put their input, but I also noticed that Ryan seemed to be a, a lot doing more schmoozing and, and Steve seemed to be right there at the tables like really getting into everybody playing you know if that makes sense well to your point i remember this was on after james and liam had left before ryan did his second uh presentation for uh the premiere presentation everybody was asking about reckless and what the rulings on reckless were and so i went up to ryan and i was like hey uh people in the community have a question about reckless i have a question that you might actually be able to answer because so many times they're like, we can't answer that. Sorry. Right. And so I asked him the questions and he's like, well, I think blah, blah, blah. He's like, actually, you know what? I That's not really my department. You go talk to Steve. He, he'd be able right. to answer you. Right. Okay. Okay. Yes. Steve, hey, and everybody has their, has their uh, specialties. So it makes sense. Steve is the player. I mean, right. I don't know how I think of him is he's the player. Right. He's the guy who loves just playing the game. He, of course, helped create the game, has probably a ton of his fingerprints all over it. And I think Ryan is like the boss. You know, he's he's the guy who knows everything and has, you know, he's the one who points everyone in the right direction. You do this and you do that. And he's kind of just like the glue that is just making this game move forward from everyone. But I think Steve is definitely the guy who's like just in in the weeds of the game itself. Absolutely. I definitely agree. I definitely agree that definitely. And I think that they complement each other. Well, I think that they are a, a great uh, co-designer team, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of Steve being in the tournaments, especially since that I feel like lessens the 
like you don't you could get into the top eight of the tournament without having that perfect win record if you right. have steve in there true uh so i do also like it from from that perspective but i mean seriously who's gonna turn down a chance to play steve warner like not not very many people not me not this guy <laughs> Awesome. So that was our 59 spots for the starter tournaments. Why do you think that it says that there's 64 spots for the final event, but there's only going to be 56 top eight finishers because there's only seven starter tournaments listed on the list? Because Ryan's going to top eight seven times. No. Um, or Steve, I meant. Steve is what I meant to say. <laughs> um, Honestly, I my pet theory was uh, perhaps they are going to do a uh, put another event up at a later date, like a like once after the 21st after Sunday um, at noon. Everybody, you know, keep your keep your clocks, keep your clocks right for that. But we are going to see maybe another event added to give more people a chance to get into an, an event, especially if they hadn't already gotten into one, you know what I mean? So that's definitely a possibility. Um, and for that type of thing right there, for those eight spots, a raffle type system or a lottery type system at the booth would work for something like that would work better at the very least. Yeah. I think it, it would feel kind of really nice to have an event where everything was sold out in May for August but then when you get there you're like well I missed out on everything because I didn't know or whatever you know people hit the button too fast so offering eight spots for some reason uh, like some kind of like I said raffle or giveaway or lottery or whatever kind of feels nice to reward people who were there and uh, giving a you know like you said the second chance a second chance opportunity right so that, uh, so a really cool thing for them to do that would tie into them being uh, to Robinsberger working with Disney is make it a scavenger hunt. Give everybody a little worksheet and have them find hidden Mickey's around Gen Con. Tell me that. <laughs> tell me that wouldn't just be fun in and of itself. That sounds amazing. Actually, we have to we have to be careful of that at Comic Con because they do not allow scavenger hunts. Uh, you have to give it other names in order for it to actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, not get tagged okay okay so you have to you have to call it like uh you know visit the booths on a you know uh you know something some other random name you can come up with like, right you know to make it interesting and, and basically tell people it's a scavenger hunt without saying scavenger hunt right okay okay that's good <laughs> to know good information to have a luminary exploration hey there we go go <laughs> So for the prizing in the starter deck tournaments, um, they've already said that the top eight are going to be receiving playmats. So do you think those playmats are going to be unique ones or do you think they're just going to be the $20 ones that we've already seen a uh, product image for? I really, really hope that these are uh, specific to the events to commemorate. Um, it's not... It is absolutely anything but unheard of uh, to have championship mats. Everybody does it. Local LGSs do it all the way up through professional events. It's a very common practice, and I think that this would be a great opportunity to um, – I mean, they could still be the same designs we have, the three same designs we have, but just give us a little, a little foil stamp on the corner or something like that, you know? Like, that would be more than enough to keep everybody happy, I think. And, again, I think if, if you just even won just a regular playmat, I think you'd be happy with that as well. 
but that little bit of extra every, all, all of us are collectors like as much as a lot of us are players in the scene we like collecting things too so i i i, I hope that they're special i really do well and they've said several times they want to arrive on the scene to let people know that they're taking this trading card game seriously and i think having those um embossed <laughs> Uh, play mats with a champion or top eight whatever whatever the case may be that is a sign that they are being serious about the competitive scene i would 100 percent agree with you and that's why i really want to be in the top eight for one of these tournaments same here same here yeah i think if something says that they're in some in this for the long haul it's taking those prizing seriously at at the beginning at gen con so with prizing at Gen Con, we had already talked a little bit about the finale tournament. You had mentioned, Sean, that, you know, giving out a promo to those people who top eight to make it into that could be a nice just entry prize because they did say that. But other like we don't have any information on what that prizing looks like do other than like a promo for everybody to get into that. What do you think the prize support will look like in that finale event? Since they're keeping such tight wraps and they're making such a big deal out of it being a, a mystery, and I'm pretty sure in parentheses it says ooh on the description. So um I I would like to think that we're probably going like the people that top in the final one, you're probably gonna get anything from a booster box to maybe even like commemorative jacket slash hoodie. I think anything in between there is fair game for something like this. Cause this is their, like this, I feel like this is kind of where they're going to show people that this isn't just another Disney thing to collect. This is a big opportunity for them to show people that, Hey, we're a serious TCG. We're here to shake things up a bit. Like I said, uh, my money's on booster boxes, but anything, anything is possible for this tournament, in my opinion. The the fine the grand prize uh, a champion of the Gen Con tournament gets a trip to Walt Disney World. That honestly, <laughs> like that could be a thing. Like right? I've heard of things. I've heard of things that are mean, crazier than that. You know, they get onto Gen Con TV and they're like, "Hey, you just won the Lorcana tournament. Where are you going now?" Yep, exactly. I could definitely see that happening. <laughs> honestly i could you guys are funny i was thinking in the my hero world uh they will have promo cards that uh are just like the normal cards but they'll have like a winners or champion foil on there that's what i was thinking would be the mystery prize support um but i just want to circle back to this sean because you mentioned this in the description for the mystery finale event how it said uh, mystery prize support Ooh, like doesn't that just sound like ryan's it does uh, voice? it really it like, really does just reading that whole description <laughs> i could hear his voice when i was reading that and maybe it wasn't him but to me it sounded like him i would agree spring. absolutely <laughs> yeah exactly spring <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially after listening to him uh at the q a and all of that i mean yeah it's it's totally his voice yeah, I'm very, I'm very jealous of you guys that got to go and sort of rub elbows with him a little bit and get to even just get to know him a little bit better, you know, aside from the like, because I'm sitting here. I feel like I sit here and I just worship this guy that I've never met 
you know, these two guys that I've never met, Ryan and Steve both, because they're both amazing in their own rights. But uh, yeah, I just, it's, I, I can't wait. I heard, I, I hope to say at least thank you at Gen Con. I don't hope for much more than that because I guarantee he looked like he was busy at Gamma. I can only imagine how busy they're going to be at Gen Con. Yeah, I, I picked my spot uh, when I when it started winding down before he, he was too tired and, and still too busy. I'm like, I got to pick a spot to go go chat with him. And I got to talk to him. I think it was for like 10 minutes uh, during Gamma while he was kind of no longer like telling the people how to play the game when they were already involved in it. And he just had to answer a question now and then. And so that was a really nice conversation. I just got to talk with him a bit more about the D23 experience and just you know, how cool the game is and all the, all the other stuff that goes with it. But yeah, he's, he's such a genuinely nice man. He is just like, he was built with joy. Uh, he's full of joy and, and love for the game and everything. So, I mean, definitely, definitely find a time to talk with him. And I'm pretty sure you'll get to say more than just thank you. And you may be able to you know, like say thank you a lot because uh, <laughs> he will be the very busy, but if you get a chance, yeah. I would highly recommend trying to have a, a, a couple of minutes to be able to talk with him because you will find out that, yeah, he is definitely all that you think. He's a really cool guy. We're talking about celebrities here. Uh, just right. to, do, do you guys know what crumble cookie is? Is that a nationwide thing? I think so. Okay. Like, yeah. is that like a brand? They're, yeah. They're they make really, these like giant gourmet cookies. They're and basically they're, oh, like, yeah. The sprinkle yeah. cookies. Yeah. I've, I've heard of those. Yeah. So on Twitter today, it said they, they put a post up there that said, if you were to sit down with one celebrity to eat crumble cookies, who would it be? And I tagged Steve Warner in it. <laughs> Perfect. Sucking up That's to the big man. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. Now now we need to bring him a crumble cookie, I feel like. Right. You know what? He liked the tweet, so I'm guessing he's down for it. Maybe we could play some Lorcana over crumble cookies. There no, we go. It's too messy. <laughs> it's too messy. <laughs> Double sleeve those cards before you play Seriously. with the crumble cookie. All right, so last one about Gen Con related. Do when do you think that we're going to have the full starter deck info? Ooh, that is a very very good question. Um I'm on the fence with this one. I don't know how much more they want to release because their fears of all of us meta gamers uh breaking the game wide open before it ever even hits the hits the streets. I know they don't want that to happen. So I feel like they're probably going to wait as long as they can. Um, that's leading a lot of people to hope that they don't get into the very first tournament on day one so they can get a little little more feedback from people, see what that Ruby Emerald deck actually looks like. Um, I would like to think that we'll get a little bit more of the Ruby, Ruby Emerald just to put it up onto the same level as what we already have with the other two. Um, but like I said, they want to, they want this game, everybody to be on as even a playing field as possible. So I think we might have to wait until Gen Con big might, but, but we might. Here's my take on it. Uh, they are going to want to hype up Lorcana and you know, there's a whole bunch of media organizations out there that have reviewed the product and they're probably under some embargo, like movie critics before a movie comes out. And I think one week or two weeks before Gen Con's, like mid-July, there's just going to be a blitz of media where we will get a floodgate of information. That's just my 
that's my theory and i and i think at that time we will get a lot of cards oh i'm not opposed to it at all i I would love the the sooner the better in my opinion just because i want to play with as many cards as i can um i mean also i want to study the how the car all the cards interact and the set in, in its entirety obviously but this game has surprised me like don't get me wrong i knew that this game was going to do well and i had complete faith in ryan and steve from the very beginning um i followed ryan a little longer than i followed steve i was a huge fan of the digimon game which he had a part of the chrono class system is an amazing creation for the tc or the ccg space he does great things so i have been like i said uh i think that i lost my train of thought i'm sorry no worries. The other thing that surprised me when we were talking, when uh, Ryan did his premiere presentation, said that he laid the foundational work for the UFS system, which my hero is based on, uh, which I did not realize that. But uh, after he laid the foundation, he moved on to something else. But uh, his fingerprints are seen in so many different uh, card games. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that it was part uh, that he had something to do with the uh, My Hero game, too. Absolutely. And the next thing that a lot of people are watching to see if we'll get that micro starter deck revealed is definitely that UK Games Expo on June 2nd and through 4th. Right. A lot of people are watching that to see if we'll get some of those reveals to, to bring Ruby and Emerald up to what we're seeing for the other colors. That would be nice. It would be nice. I I am definitely excited to see what else Emerald has in store for us. So we're going to transition away from Gen Con, and I'm going to add a question here that wasn't in the show notes for you, uh, Sean. Um, First, my question is about your podcast, Uncommon Cardboard. And I wanted to ask you where you got the name Uncommon Cardboard and then secondly, I want to talk about this new series that you're starting that's all about diversity in the TCG space. Uh, what's your inspiration for that and how's it going? So uh, you can take that one at a time. And if you need me to remind you, I can remind you. But uh, th- those are my two questions. I might need you to. It's getting kind of late here. I'm getting a little foggy. I know. Um, Thank you for coming on. Hey, no, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Um, so the name Uncommon Cardboard. Um I played around with a lot of different ideas for the title. Um, cardboard, cardboard to me, I, I reference our our all mutual love and hobby. Uh, I reference it to a lot of the people that I know in my real life that don't understand it. I kind of just tell them like, yeah, I, I collect shiny pieces of cardboard. That's that's my thing. That's what I love to do. And so I kind of took that. And I, I was going to say, you know, mythic cardboard or rare cardboard, but I felt felt like that was just too pretentious, pretty much. And then I, I realized that the word uncommon doesn't necessarily only pertain to rarity. It can mean like uh, differences. It can mean like specialties or the things that make us who we are or things what they are. Because who you are as a person is not common. It's not a common thing. You know what I mean? So I kind of just threw those terms together. And thankfully, it worked rather well. I'm very happy with the title. No, and it's a then, great title. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> what, what, what I was thinking was, you know, you're talking about the rarity. You have common, uncommon, rare. But like you're saying, um, uncommon can be, it can mean anything like 
a rare card is uncommon, but um, hearing you talk about how that could even apply to the people that you're interviewing, um, that, I mean, that makes it more meaningful to me. Absolutely. Yeah. And I wanted to like, because all, because it's going to be interview based all of my episodes, there'll be, a, I will have a guest that I'm speaking with. And I kind of wanted that to reflect the name, the name to reflect that as well, because I get to interview, interview all of these people that come from such varying walks of life. Everybody's got their own stories. So I wanted it to reflect not only our, not only our, all of our mutual love for trading card games and the community, but ourselves and each other. And I will always have the bragging rights of being your first interview. So yeah, you that's, are. My, that's my humble you, brag there. <laughs> um, okay. So let's talk about your uh, diversity series. Uh, what was the inspiration and how's it going? So uh, I actually got to give a little tip of the hat to um, Stephanie of, I don't want to say this wrong, Illumineers, the Illumineers. They're all, everybody's got one that's so very close. So true. <laughs> no, you're right. It's the Illumineers. So Stephanie, um, I put a little blast out on on Twitter on the uncommon uncommon cardboard Twitter, um, and I asked the community. I said, "What is some things that you all would like me to cover?" Because it's going to be involving the community quite a bit. A lot of the people that have uh, put ideas in for it, I'm planning on having them as guests on the show. So uh, Stephanie, thank you so much. Shout out Stephanie gave me the idea to do inclusivity in the TCG communities. Um which is something I don't think that gets brought up enough. And I know myself, I've always strived to be as welcoming and inclusive to everybody that wants to play, no matter what walk of life, no matter what your journey, your story, I want you to be able to be, to be part of this community that I love that has been so welcoming to me. I want that for as many people as possible. And I think that by, by being able to do a series on it and to speak with people that have been directly affected by those issues. I think that's going to be amazing exposure for that issue that we all face. And I think that that will make a lot of people that don't necessarily think of it in the moment, they might wake up and think of it like, Hey, I re I, I realize now that they, people aren't overtly keeping other people away from my LGS, but now I see the behaviors that sub subvertly do that, that do that kind of behind the scenes and the things that make people feel unwelcome without us really realizing it. I love how you're ahead of this topic, Sean, um, already talking to Stephanie about it. I love when Jared and James got back from Gamma. One of the first things they told me when we had a chance to catch up was related to, it just shows through that Lorcana wants itself to be an inclusive TCG. They want to involve everybody and anybody and it's it's left up to us as individuals at our local levels to really like pull people into that and so I think your series is one I'm looking forward to listening to so I can hear from people's experiences and then be able to take that and bring that to my local areas and apply that, and that that's what that's the goal I really hope that everybody uh, can do that once once we get this series a little more established and get i only have one i uh, yeah one i uh, uh one episode published so far from that series but i do have um i do have other interviews already on the books ready to go so we're gonna get more of those out to everybody definitely so if somebody's listening to this podcast and they're interested in sharing their stories with you can they reach out to you on twitter 
absolutely um you can reach out to me at my uh my personal twitter which is at lee barbs underscore and my uh, uncommon cardboard you could also dm me there it is at uncommon cb capital c capital b and you can get a hold of me either either of those places you can also come and find me on the Lorcana hq discord i am a mod there and i spend quite a bit of time there yeah you're in the voice chat a lot so that's yes. where i'd probably look first um but i will say if you have any interest in coming on to a podcast as a guest uh, Sean is a great uh, host. He puts you right at ease, and uh, it's a great place to uh, share your stories. So that's my plug for you right there. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else you wanted to share or get off your mind, Sean? I think we covered it. I think we covered the majority of it. Just how excited I am to go and to meet you guys is going to be a blast. James, we're, you're going to be sadly missed, my friend. I really, I thought you were going to go. This is the first time I'm hearing that you're not going to be oh, there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's devastating and sad, but can't make it. So it's, it's a so, tough subject so. for James. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I get to go to Comic-Con every year. So, I mean, there is that. That is definitely uh, on my list of things to do as well. Um, I've always wanted to hit, hit conventions uh, because of my, my uh, myriad different um hobbies i love comic books love anime love video games love tcgs so <laughs> definitely comic-con uh someday is on the list um i would love to cosplay go go there and cosplay i think that would be amazing so i'm definitely i i can't wait to see your uh your coverage of it see what we get to see uh through your eyes you know nothing no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no well, I mean, we, we can we can cut this if you want, but the writer strike and now what the upcoming possible Ooh. actor strike and director strike may be affecting what happens at Comic Con. This That's year. very true. I didn't even think so, about that. Yeah. It, it, that is good to see the actors uh, standing up for the writers, though. That is a really beautiful thing, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. No, we're we're all on the side of every of the writers and then the actors and everything. But yeah, yep. it's definitely something that's going to affect Comic Con, which is you know something we dearly love and cover and it's it would uh absolutely be very very different if if all of that would disappeared yeah at least for this year but anyway so uh i think that now that we are uh done with that segment we are ready to hit our lorcana lexicon correct that is correct and today's word of the day is gold fishing. So what do you guys uh what is gold fishing, you guys? Hold on, hold on. Do you know what gold fishing is, James? I had to look it up. Okay, okay. <laughs> but uh, I would I would rather someone else explain it because I have only read the description, so I don't <laughs> stand it deep in my bones. Sean Sean's the TCG expert. So why don't you uh share with us? So essentially what gold fishing is is you sit down uh to play against no one. You sit down with your deck, you shuffle up, um, draw your hand, mulligan, all that good stuff, and you see you you play your game plan out to completion against opponent an opponent that will not do anything to stop you. It's kind of the, the the only reason that I've ever used that technique, uh, like with Magic the Gathering, 
is to basically make sure that my I'm, I'm hitting my land drops when I need to. That's about the only. And, and for all of you that don't know what hitting your land drops means, it means you get to you're playing a land every turn the way you're the way you're quote unquote supposed to when you're playing Magic the Gathering. Right. So so essentially, it's testing your de- it's giving your te- deck a test drive. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Okay. Can I tell you, as a kid, as a little kid, way back in the day when the Star Wars Decipher game was out, um, I played against myself more times than I care to admit. I didn't know anything about league play back then, and my brother and I played quite a bit, but I just had this appetite to play more. So I was a goldfisher from the beginning, apparently. <laughs> me as well me as well even when i was a very young player myself and i didn't actually know the term i had done that i, I think a lot of especially younger players that don't necessarily have a uh, a community that they either know about or have access to i think that's a big big thing with uh especially since when we were kids we didn't have you know hop on webcam games or uh magic the other arena or you know we didn't have all these options available to us to be able to play with somebody else no matter what time or place you know do you need a deck for this imaginary person who's not going to do anything against you or can you literally just come into it with your own deck and you just play through your game plan you only need yours cool uh i i have uh tried out uh i had this i had a big uh lazy susan in the middle of my table at one point so i basically kind of set up two different hands and just kept spinning it Playing against yourself doesn't work out the way you think it would because you always know what you're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't work out the way you want it to. Uh, playing awesome. against, uh, kind of playing against uh, the shadow, the shadow person across from me. That's the definitely the, the way to do it. <laughs> well, shall we hop into the news roundup? Sure. Let's do it. All right. What, what, what news did we get? We have very little. But uh, Adara, did you want to cover the reveal we got from official Lorcana this week? Sure. So we got six animal cards from Lorcana officially on, I think it was Discord, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, we already knew two of them. There was Pascal and Flounder on there. But we got four new ones in the other four colors, including an emerald card. So our emerald card was Iago. Um, we had Cerberus, I think was our steel, and I cannot remember the other two off the top of my head. Sergeant <laughs> Tibbs. It's Sergeant Tibbs. Sergeant there Tibbs. they are. And Timon. Yep. Which we had already seen his artwork on the ink pages, but we finally have the, the full card art, not, not a full art card, but the card art for Timon. Well, just to give credit to where credit's due, this uh, these reveals were actually shown to us on thegamer.com and then subsequently yep. shared by the Disney Lorcana account. Yeah, so we didn't get a whole lot of information specifically from the cards. Uh, they were pretty good at covering up some of the important pieces, but it was just really cool to at very least see some new card art and see some of the additional characters that we're going to see in the first chapter, I think was the most exciting thing for me. Yeah, it was kind of an underwhelming card reveal um, because we only saw about half the cards, but we were able to like piece together pretty much what we think the cards will be able to do. Yeah, the, the detectives uh, in, in Lorcana HQ were like, wait a second, like the, the Instagram photo is slightly different than the, the Twitter photo because it looks like they took stills from one of their, you know, 
motion graphics that they do, the little short videos or whatever. So yeah, we got little bits of stuff on each one. Uh, and this was, as I think we mentioned recently, this was the first card reveal officially on their social medias or any article or anything since I think early April. So that was a, a long wait. Yeah, Jared, didn't you post on Twitter that there's only something like 18 cards officially revealed by Lorcana? So I went through their Twitter and they've revealed 14 on their Twitter account. And then Mushu reminded me that they had revealed one on Facebook and one on Instagram back when they did their hero ally uh, villain reveals. So 16 of the 78 cards, which is about 20% of the cards revealed right now, which kind of surprised me. I mean, when we were at Gamma, we got four Amethyst two or three amber and then the three foils right so that was nine or yeah. ten cards just from that one event and we yeah. almost spoiled <laughs> as many as the official account seriously <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> wow that's crazy though that almost every reveal that they've done has been through a website or a convention yeah yeah and speaking of conventions I was poking around on social media today and saw on Instagram uh, a couple of different people posting like these images of these tables that look like they're in people's houses, um, but they're uh, Lorcana displays and they have the cards and they're in French and they even have the Mickey Mouseketeer that's not a foil. Um, so apparently what's going on right now in France is Lorcana is going around to a bunch of local game stores and doing hands-on demos with the Ooh. shop owners and the players out there. Um, the guy who runs the Lorcana France uh, Twitter account said that he's going to be getting a demo here in a week or two. So he'll be uh, posting about it. Um, the other thing, and I like, I think I'm pretty plugged into what's going on with Lorcana, but apparently this was on LinkedIn from the Robinsberger UK account. Uh, they are at a, a show called the Toy Master Show that runs from the 16th to the 18th. So as of this recording, today's the 17th. So we're right in the middle of it. And it's just like, I had no idea. Could there be card reveals there? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then the last just, one. Sorry, go ahead, James. Yeah, they're just randomly showing up places and, and you are plugged in. You do see most of the stuff, if not first, like pretty quickly. And the fact that they're at a show that nobody knew about is crazy. It right. just goes it just goes to show you Robinsberger's got a couple of tricks up their sleeves still, you know what I mean? And then the last one is one Adara talked about is the UK Game Expo, which runs from June 2nd to the 4th. And I know we have people who are going to be at that expo. So if there are any spoilers, I imagine uh, you're going to want to keep an eye on social media uh, June 2nd. Absolutely. I will want I do want to uh add also be uh with the card reveals. Uh seeing Timon, love it. Love Timon. He's always been one of my favorite characters. And what what is he, Grub Wrangler or something like that? Isn't that his Grub name? wrestler, I think. Love it. I love that. That is so great. And then um to see a deep cut like Sergeant Tibbs from 101 Dalmatians, he's my favorite character from that movie. I the the Dalmatians aren't my favorite in that movie. Sergeant Tibbs is my favorite, and to see that he he's even though he's most likely only going to be the one costing two two vanilla that all the colors seem to have. I still think it's great to see a smaller character get that kind of representation so early in the game. Yeah, 
they're having some really good deep pulls on the on these cards. It's I can't I can't wait to see the I can't wait to see more. I mean, like like we just talked about officially we only have like 20%. Unofficially we have like what 48 or something like that. Or no, it's got to be more than that at this point. Yeah, no. The percentage? I'm bad at numbers. <laughs> the percentage is still like at 35% or right, something. Right, 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 right. That's what yeah. it was. We have 78 of 240, so whatever right. or 204, so whatever that is. About yeah, about 30%. Yeah. Not a lot. Not a lot. We got a ways to uh, go. Yeah, absolutely. I'm All excited. Right. <laughs> Should we move into Jeopardy? Time for Ooh. Jeopardy, folks. Adara, do you want to ask the questions? I can. Who am I asking the questions to? So I asked Sean ahead of time if he'd be willing to be a participant in Jeopardy. Hence why we have all the questions and answers on our uh, show notes here. Um, I I tried to take it a little bit easy, but I think there's a couple tricky ones in there. <laughs> I think there is. I am a D, I d- I'm definitely a TCG, TCG player first and a Disney fan second. Um, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> You'll, you'll just get a couple of groans. It'll be okay. Right, 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 right. All right. So our first question is, this is the color of Alice's dress in Alice in Wonderland. Do I have to answer in the form of a question? That is how Jeopardy works, yes. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, what is blue? Ding! Yeah. Blue is the correct answer. See, you got this. Yeah, there we go. All right. So for 200, the character flower in the movie Bambi is this kind of animal. What is a skunk? Ding. Awesome. You are two for two. You doubted yourself too much. (laughs) All right. For 300, this is the name of Lady Tremaine's cat in Cinderella. I have no idea. I will admit, I don't. I do, I honestly didn't even know Lady Tremaine's name before the game came out, uh, or before her card came out. Honestly, Jared's Jared's trying to give a little hint with the little is horns. It, is it demon? <laughs> you're, Close. On, you're on the right track. What's another <laughs> name for Satan? Beelzebub. Starts don't with L. Close. Starts with an L. Lucifer. The cat's, name is Lu- the cat's name is Lucifer? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's dark. I mean, it's a pretty dark story. If that's you think fair. About that's it. a fair point. That's a fair point. Oh my gosh. That was the best progression ever. All right. For 400, oh. this is the Disney character impersonation Genie does after Aladdin promises to set him free. I would not have known this. I know. This was the one that I was thinking is going to be the difficult one. It might be gotten by context, though. The Disney character impersonation that he does? Yep. So Genie impersonates different characters. So this is a Disney character. I'm trying to run through them in my head right now. Context of Aladdin promises to set him free. Is it Dumbo? Is that a bad guess? That might be a bad guess. (laughs) 
That was a good guess. What, what is Dumbo? Or who is Dumbo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I see. I see. What? James, James gave me a little hint there. What what is what is the answer to the hint, Sean? I'm pretty sure he was saying, "What is Pinocchio?" Yes. Who, who is Pinocchio? Well, I guess he is a what before he becomes a boy, right? Technically, I think yeah. so. Yes. Yeah. I I would not have known that. There is no way either. I would have remembered that. I think Pin- Pinocchio might be the one might be the Disney movie that I have seen the least of because and I, I'll admit this wholeheartedly when I was a kid, it scared me. That movie was real spooky when i was a kid yeah yeah all right last one for 500 this is mulan's male name while in the army i know this one too oh i know how much you love mulan oh my gosh i know it's right on the tip of my tongue too Hey Jared, do you remember? Uh, is it? It's not shoe, is it? No, I was gonna what say. The, I think. I... What was the very first video game ever? Pong. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that about first... that. One. You knew that one. <laughs> That's not the answer. Oh my gosh! What's Don't... What's the other word that goes with pong? Oh, it's ping. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And you know what? I knew that it was like a a very stereotypical Asian sounding <laughs> name too. Like I I knew that. I was gonna say I was gonna say Wong, but I then I was like I'm only thinking of that because I I watched uh uh Strange Doctor Strange really recently. Exactly. Both both would have been good guesses. Right. Yeah. That was a lot of fun though. That was a lot of fun. Thank you for participating. Yeah, it's it's always yeah. hard to gauge. To, like, I knew the Pinocchio one would be hard, but uh, it's always difficult to gauge difficulty. He does, like, what, 48 million impressions in, in Aladdin? Right, right. That was a good one, though. That was a real, real good one. I, I remembered a lot more of the scenes than I thought I would. All right, so let's wrap this up. Um, Sean, how can people find you online? Uh, you can always find me at the Lorcana HQ Discord. Um, I'm a mod there, hanging out all the time. My DMs are open. You can at me uh, if you have any issues there. I'm also on Twitter quite a bit, at uh, uh, LeeBarbs, L-E-E-B-A-R-B-S underscore, all uh, lowercase. And then Uncommon Cardboard's Twitter is at Uncommon CB, capital C, capital B. Perfect. And if you liked what you heard here, you can subscribe to our podcast, follow us on YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at Citizens of Lorcana. Adara, where can they find you? And then James, where can we find you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Discord at OCHEM102, or just look for my username, Adara. And you can find me everywhere online at Dan Regal. And as mentioned, you can uh, find me every week, uh, mostly on Tuesday nights, live on the San Diego Comic-Con unofficial blog podcast, SD Concast. Uh, you can find it on YouTube and all of the uh, podcast you, uh, platforms that you are used to, including Spotify and all that kind of stuff. And I guess that's it. So uh, thank you again, uh, Sean, for coming on the show and Adara for uh, helping us host uh, and uh, all of you for joining us and listening. We'll see you well, next time. It was my pleasure. Thanks, guys. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? 
Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.